for joining me for another episode of my podcast, USNA Mid Moms and More. Based on my book, A USNA Mom's Journal, Plebe Summer Through Commissioning and Beyond What You Need to Know, my podcast and my blog offer information to equip and empower parents to navigate the USNA journey successfully. You can find my blog at usnamidmomsandmore.org. You will also find useful links and information, Life at Navy, about the four years at the Naval Academy and what to expect, a link to my Etsy shop where my book and my crafts are available, and so much more. And today I thought I would take a turn to the faith journey because the faith journey has been very important to my family. It definitely underlies and undergirds and is the foundation of our journey because I can say that we could not have survived without prayer. And one of the strengthening resources or people that we found in that journey were Robert and Kathy Norland, who have had a prayer ministry for USNA parents for the past 16 years of praying with and for parents. And they have definitely sustained us uh, since our first mid was a plebe when he entered and throughout our seven-year journey at USNA and now out in the fleet. So I'm so excited to have a Robert and Kathy Norland with me today. And Robert and Kathy, please tell us a little bit about your journey as a USNA parent and then also as a parent out in the fleet. <laughs> okay, I'll start. Our son, Bobby, is our oldest child and we had no experience in the military prior to 2008 when he went through plebe summer. And that was a real eye opener for us as parents, learning that USNA wasn't just your typical college. <laughs> and so we really felt led to pray kind of almost like you say, you know, it's faith is a strong foundation of our family as well. And not sure how well we would have survived if we hadn't been able to lean on our faith and the ability to pray. Um, but our, I had always been involved with a prayer ministry called Moms in Prayer, and it was formerly known as Moms in Touch through the, high, through the uh, elementary and high school years. And so um, when Bobby went into the academy, I wanted to find a way to continue to do that kind of thing. So we put a little message on the listserv and several parents responded, and we started doing monthly conference calls, just on the phone, old-fashioned conference call. And uh, at some point, we transitioned over to videos, and we do it once a month on the third Sunday of the month. And we've sometimes we've been in airports, sometimes we've been in hotels, sometimes we've been in our car, but we've kept it up for all these years. That's amazing. That's amazing. Robert, how uh, how did your faith journey shape you as a dad when your son went to USNA? Wow. Well, I remember the night before I-Day, we were in a, in a bed and breakfast and we were up late just kind of watching the clock. And it felt like we were waiting for the governor to call and give us all a reprieve. And that didn't happen. So we got up early the next morning, dropped Bobby off, got his head shaved and we uh, left that night with a paper bag of his clothes. And that's an incredibly sobering moment for a parent. Uh, we came as a family of four. We left as a family of three plus a paper bag. Realized that, that um, your son's in the military now. Yeah. And you have given him over to the country. Yeah. 
And as a parent, you've spent, what, 18 years looking after that child. And now you, your hands are no longer able to look after him or her. And you realize you need to call on something else. And so that uh, dove us deeper into our prayer life because we realized uh, our, our son was out of our control and we needed to uh, call on our almighty God for support. I can, I can totally relate to that experience. My come to a Jesus meeting, if you want to say it that way, is, was when my son, my oldest, was in kindergarten. <laughs> and oh, I woke up one night in a panic, uh, just having dreamed that he was away at college and, and something had happened and that I wasn't there and I couldn't help. And I remember waking up and just in a, literally in a panic. And just saying, oh my gosh, I can't be there. And then I felt like God put on my heart, no, you can't. And I said, well, what do you mean? What? What is this? I need words of affirmation. And he said, no, you cannot be there, but I will. I will be there and I will never let him go. And from that moment on, I felt like, okay, he's got this. And it really shaped our parenting. And um, then it shaped our, as you mentioned, prayer life uh, throughout their life, really. And particularly when they got to USNA. So as USNA parents, and and I love hearing the iDay story because I do these uh, podcast episodes, and I think every parent can relate to that, just dropping them off and then um, hearing the I do and seeing the massive kids come out with their heads shaved and you don't even know which one's your kid. and, And as soon as those doors slam, you know, it's never going to be the same. And you know, as Robert said, that they're not yours anymore. Yep. Um, well, my I, memory, my um, moment, memory of that day was getting on a plane. We live in California. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting on a plane and everything in my heart and soul is telling me I am going the wrong direction. I am heading further and further away from the academy. And it just hit me that, no, there's something wrong with this. Yeah. Yeah. You're leaving your, your child behind. I remember also that night, that first night, I day Eve, um, when I went to sleep and, um, my, you know, as a, as a parent and as a mom, your, your heart is just so tender. Right. And so raw. And I remember just knowing that we were in the same town and under that same piece of sky brought so much comfort. Right. Um, And then, as you mentioned, leaving was a whole other thing. But anyway, um, so as parents, we also we have this these real raw moments. But then we also have a lot of other types of moments. Some are celebration. Some are um, kind of picking them up, dusting them off because something's happened. So what are some of your most treasured memories as USNA parents? One of my memories, and it's. It's a, it's the story of um, Bobby had to have his appendix removed. Oh. It was the spring of his plebe year, I believe. And everything, you know, in my, every fiber of my body wanted to get on a plane and, mm-hmm. and go. Um, but he had his two roommates there with him and he was going to, it was all going to be over by the time I could get there. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, you know, he's got, could, we have two kids a son and a daughter. And so Bobby doesn't have any brothers. And it was a real realization that 
these were his new brothers and I could count on them. And they told me, you can count on us. We will be there for him. And it just put my heart at ease that he was, you know, with his um, brothers at the Academy and brothers in faith. He happened to gravitate toward these two young men, one who's gone on to now be on the, um, on the crew, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ Ministry at the Naval Academy. <laughs> uh, and they were there for him in a time of crisis when mom and dad would have been running over there and we didn't. Um. So it's a treasured memory, not from the point of view that he went through that surgery, but from the point of view that it was one of those um, very significant letting go moments. Oh, yeah. The the parent letting go. <laughs> yeah. um, Robert, how about you? Uh, how well, what, what what is one of your more treasured memories? I'll talk about the not letting go. Again, we're from California, and I uh, built up a client base in Delaware to give me an excuse to fly into the area regularly. So I was there two or three or four times a year. And it would be just the best thing. I'd be sitting in the airplane. I'd land at BWI. And I'd give Bobby a call and he'd say when he had a, a five minute study break and I would time my arrival on the yard so I could be outside the gate and he would come out. I'd give him a hug. He'd say, I got to go back. And I'd say, I love you. I'll see you. And that was worth you know, hours yeah. out of my way just to give him a hug. And he, I think the same from his point of view that he knew dad was going hours out of his way just for a hug at the gate. And there was one time, uh, springtime, he had a weekend pass, I guess maybe you could say it. And we went into Washington, D.C., saw the cherry blossoms and saw Smithsonian stuff. And there were little kids that were pointing at him because he was in uniform. He was in uniform. And he was so proud. Mm -hmm. I was bursting proud and realizing that he is conducting himself like a naval officer would. He was poised. He was articulate. He was polite to little kids seeing in uniform and couldn't say enough good things about what the Naval Academy was doing, building the character that uh, we were hoping um, you know, was inside of him that was really beginning to, uh, what do you say, solidify? Um, Come, come together. It was it was wonderful in those every few months at a time, see the young man that he was becoming. And it was wonderful. That's a gift. That's that's a real gift. And then um, you mentioned um, the character. And one of the things I always tell plea parents that I mentor is, and I mentioned in my book as well, is trust how you raise them. Um, and that's part of letting go is trusting how you raise them, that they're going to do the right thing. And uh, if something happens, you're there to to pick them up, encourage them and send them on again. But uh, that helped me a lot to get through plebe summer, plebe year is realizing that we needed to trust how we raised them, that, that um, bringing faith into it, that God has a plan. And um, and that since I can't be there, he can. So I have to let go, right? As hard as it it is. Um, so recently I recorded a podcast episode with Elaine Bry. She's author of Be Safe, Love Mom. 
She's on her 17th deployment with her four children. Uh, three are USNA grads. Uh, one of them cross commissioned to Air Force, um, her daughter. And uh, her youngest, like just like ours, um, rebelled and said, no, nope, I'm going to do NROTC and said no to Navy and went on his merry way. And he's serving on, uh, in his own path. So we discussed, we talked about how important that faith journey is and how I personally, and she agrees, could not we could not have survived without prayer and the support of the faith community uh, within USNA and with parents such as yourselves who um, really help support and hold up the parents that struggle because it is a struggle, right? So we need that support and that strengthening in that journey. So please tell your parents who are listening about your prayer ministry because it was so instrumental for us. And you mentioned Bobby um, had a, had to have his appendix out. And I don't know if you remember, but during second class year, our daughter went to have her appendix out and it ended up getting complications because they made her wait to get surgery. And she ended up being in the hospital for 30 days, three surgeries, umpteen scans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember looking forward to the to the Sunday call. And I remember emailing and I please pray for her. And it's just such a comfort. Um, so t- please tell the parents who are listening about your prayer ministry. When when did your journey for this begin? And I think Kathy mentioned a little bit about it, but how did you get the ball rolling? Well, we were plea parents when we first started praying with other um, USNA parents. And um, as I mentioned, we had reached out on the listserv and several parents responded and then more parents responded. And I started... Um, it was enough parents. I started assembling an email list solely for the purpose of once a month reminding everybody it's this Sunday. And little by little, that list has grown to close to 700 um, people who get the reminder each month. Um, and it varies how many people show up. We call it a pray with us ministry. You know, there's ministries out there where you can put your prayer requests in and someone will pray for you. Mm -hmm. I know at Notre Dame, we've put prayer requests in and they've put a, um, put a prayer request in at the grotto. And Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful ministry, but um, the Naval Academy parent prayer ministry is what we call a pray with us. Mm -hmm. If you are with us, we will pray with you. (laughs) And we went into, we're small business owners and so much of our life is dictated around accomplishing certain things and achieving certain numbers and measuring and metrics. And we decided from the very beginning, this was, this was God's ministry and it was going to be whatever God wanted it to be. And if only Robert and I showed up, we were going to pray. It was kind of the least we can do for our son who was embarking on this career of service that required a lot of sacrifice on his part. Hmm. So um, we've just continued with that idea if you come pray with us once, we'll pray with you. If you pray with us every month, we'll pray with you. If you come and go, we'll pray with you. Yes. We don't see you for a few years. We don't care. We'll pray <laughs> with you. So we don't take attendance. We're just we're just there to pray. Did you want to add anything, Robert? Sure. Um, it has 
with technology as now a video conference. It's a Zoom conference. And so we can finally get to see some of these people and pray with them as if we were in the room together. And it's a wonderful application of technology. But like Kathy says, it's an opportunity to praise. It's an opportunity to um, savor just the power of God that we see in the different parents, in the kids, um, get a smile on our face hearing that someone made it through thermodynamics or <laughs> returned from deployment mm. or uh, got married or welcomed a new child or got their first choice in duty assignment or this time of year uh, got their first choice in service assignment or you know, whatever it is. It's a small community of parents of Naval Academy kids, and you get it. If you were to uh, talk to another parent about, oh, my child got their first choice in service selection, they have no idea what you're talking about. No. But with Naval Academy parents, you get it and you realize, wow, first choice of service selection, that's fantastic. And so it's a small community of people that get it. And it's also a small community of people who know that we have an almighty God and that we can align with him, we can praise him, we can give our kids to him, almost like Abraham giving up Isaac, you know, dear Lord, he's yours. Mm. Use him, use him wonderfully. Mm -hmm. He's out of my control. I give him into your caring hands mm -hmm. and we just launch them. We uh, uh, shove them off from the dock, um, Navy terms, and um, we wish them well and we support them in prayer. We wanted to, um, we committed to do this for four years because we were very naive <laughs> about the, the fifth year. <laughs> ah, out in the fleet, eh? <laughs> yeah. So um, when we first started praying as plead parents, most of the prayer requests circled around, you know, getting a good roommate or solving a roommate conflict or passing a chemistry test or, mm. you know, making the flag, flag football team. Uh -huh. And then as the years went by, those parents who were ahead of us, their sons and daughters were commissioned. And they started using what I call the D word, deployment. Yes. And I remember the first time I heard pray for their deployed child. And it was during a time when there was, you know, some conflict in the world. And I thought to myself and I said to Robert, we cannot stop <laughs> praying after four years this is where the rubber hits the road. You know, these young men and women have signed up to serve our military. And that means they will often be in harm's way. They, and it doesn't matter whether they're training or they're deployed, yeah. you know, they're putting themselves in harm's way. You know, anytime you're on a flight deck with a plane or on a ship on the deck of a ship or in a submarine, it, it all doesn't matter. So um, we realized, oh my, this is not a four-year thing. This is a something we're going to do for a long, long time. Yeah. yeah. There were parents ahead of us that used acronyms that we were saying, slow down, wait, 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 what, what's that? <laughs> um, what's what's ProTramid again? Tell me, you know, things like that. And then we realized as Bobby went from a, a plebe up the path to a firstie, and we're talking with our other parents about where are you going to be for commissioning? Where are you going to stay? What are you going to do? And then we realized, oh, now we're the parents helping the younger parents mm -hmm. with their kids. And that just doesn't end. Um, there's always 
the, I want to say the newer parents, the plebe parents, we welcome into the community and we're all the parents who have gone before them, take them under their wings. It's a wonderful thing. Yes. Mentoring is, is, um, I think you're blessed more than what you help the parents. Absolutely. Honestly. Absolutely. But, um, so you've been doing this for 16 years. You have prayed for and mentored uh, plea parents, youngster parents, all the way through their first years and into the fleet. So is there anyone that you remember struggled plebe year and commissioned and then they reach your potential as a naval officer? Do you remember any? Because you, I mean, you've you've seen them through the whole journey at the Naval Academy and then into the fleet. Is there any any story that stands out where you've seen this fruit of prayer come to fruition? Kath, I've got two. Do you have something well, I want? I was going to say, God has been so faithful in answering the small prayers, like passing that chemistry test or resolving that roommate conflict or big things, you know, needing to figure out how to land on an aircraft carrier Mm -hmm. um, safely. And there's so many answered prayers that I couldn't even begin to say, but we do, we have prayed a lot of times for um, struggling midshipmen and are so proud when we find out that they've moved on to the next year and they're there as a commissioned officer. One of the things I do want to say is when we do pray together, first and foremost, anything that's shared in the prayer time remains in the prayer time. People do not have to provide details because, you know, the Holy Spirit knows the details. And a lot of times someone will ask for a very generic prayer and we will pray for that. So um, we're very, very respectful of people's privacy. Uh Robert, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say the same thing. I'm glad that um, you took a moment because I needed to kind of neutralize what I was going to say or, uh, Mm. Yeah, Uh, there was, um, I remember one time where a mom was on the prayer call and she had just lost her husband and she Mm. had just effectively lost her son to the Naval Academy a few months prior. She was a plebe parent and she was just broken. And there was another man on the, the prayer call that month who said, I live close enough what's your, you know, what's your son's name? And that man has become an adopted uncle, gone to see his sports stuff, regularly visits him. And I'm getting chills just thinking about that, where that connection was made during the prayer call. And just little things like that, that, uh, you know, you give the Holy Spirit to bonus points for timing. <laughs> and then there's another thing that warms my heart was another young man who was deployed, served his time, went and got his master's. And we were praying with his parents through that. And that young man has gone on to become mayor of the town where he lives. And we prayed with that parent through that. And I'm thinking, Kath, how long are we going to be doing this? And there's, there's almost no end because the challenges maybe get bigger. Um, the life adventures change, but it is a wonderful community of these parents that have bonded together and the older parents are helping the younger parents further along in the journey. So those are the two that just, it's like, they just warm my heart to see what these kids are doing over time, the way that uh, the prayer ministry has been there either at a particular point in time or over the course of years. 
That's amazing. And I think what makes me so happy about hearing both stories, particularly the second story is that's the mission of the Naval Academy. And one of the things I love more is that it's to develop midshipmen morally, mentally, physically, but also spiritually, right? So um, it's the whole individual. So that's, that's wonderful. And I think what a gift to be able to see that fruit of prayer. That doesn't cover the way we as parents change over all these years, because we see parents come on the call and mm. they're in a panic and we've all been there. And for those of us who are further along in the journey, believe me, it takes us all back to our own I days and plebe summers and, you know, youngster year and first year and commissioning. But, you know, the evolution of the parents over time is, is really fun to watch too, because when you leave the prayer call, you are calmed down because you've had a chance to go through what we call the four steps of prayer. And in many ways, it's, it's a metaphor for approaching the Holy of Holies like you would if you were at the temple, you know, in an old, in the, at the Old Testament or in the Old Testament, where we start by praising God for who he is. Mm-hmm. And so that puts our head in a certain place. This is who God is. And then we kind of turn the spotlight on ourselves and we do a, a time of silent confession, which is, well, who am I? compared to this perfect God, and I need to confess and get right with God. So we do the praise, which is, you know, sort of approaching, and then we do the confession, which is another step. And then we do a time of thanksgiving, you know, what are you thankful for in the life of your midshipman or your officer, your family? And that's just one more step closer to give you a grateful heart. And then the real heart of our time together is the prayer requests. And by the time you've gone through the first three steps, your heart is at a different place than it was when you first, you know, first entered the call. You've been able to set aside cares and concerns, put things in perspective, and come to the group and say, my mid needs prayer for this. You know, my officer needs prayer for that. And it's just a pattern that works every time. And I think one of the things that warms my heart also is that you see parents that obviously started as plea parents and are now second class or firsty or their parents that are in the fleet and parents take turns praying for the different groups, right? So maybe, and I forgot exactly what the order is, but people in the fleet might pray for the firsties and, um, and their parents are so excited to do it. It's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, I'll pray for the, I'll pray for the plebs. I'll do it. And it's really heartfelt and it, and it really, and that really just warms my heart to see the exact, the excitement. And as you mentioned, the growth that these plea parents that come in and besides a prayer request, they tend to be pretty quiet. And then by the time they're first parents, they're jumping in and they're interceding on behalf of these new plea parents. And then from my personal experience, uh, as I mentioned previously, your support, encouragement and play- prayers have gotten my family in our mids who are now officers through many tough times. And I mentioned my daughter is just one of them. And she was in the hospital twice when she was at the academy. From academic pressures to surgeries, to qualifications and tests, to deployments, to getting their pin, to their boards. Now they're in the fleet. And you and Robert have been there for our family and for countless others. I emailed you because our oldest was having a difficult time with uh, some academics. And, and I always say that mids go through a time of doubt 
And at some point or another in their journey, they're going to doubt that they belong there because everybody there is just so gifted and so good. And he was going through this time of doubt. I emailed you and you emailed me back this prayer and I have printed it out, cut it out. And wherever I go, this prayer goes and it's on my fridge. It's on my desk. And I pray it constantly over my children. I've even added to it in my book. Um, I have a, a list of things that I prayed for, uh, for our plebe from even before when he was doing the application all the way through first year and service assignments, and then out in the fleet and deployments and you name it. And that is a bookmark that I send when you buy my book from Etsy that is included in the book. And it's a plebe prayer. And part of it is based on the prayer that you sent me that I'm going to read very quickly now. And, and, you know, and, and thank you for your faithfulness and responding because you have a life and you have a job and yet you make time <laughs> to answer, you know, and you have your own kids and et cetera, et cetera. And uh, you make time to, uh, to pray for parents and to comfort parents and support parents. So this was the prayer that you sent. Dear Lord, we lift up my son, to you this very day. I would ask that the joy of the Lord would be his strength as he gears up to face this academically challenged semester. Please order his days according to your divine purposes and restore him each night as he sleeps. I love that because they're always so tired. And I found comfort in saying those words. Help him to be anxious for nothing. Bless him with the peace that surpasses understanding. Your word reminds us that to whom much is given, much will be expected. And that was, to me, was a reminder. I always think of that. But when I read those words that you sent me, it was such a great reminder that it's not an easy path and that worthwhile things are never easy and that God calls us to do things that are not easy so that we have to depend on him, right? And uh, so that he wouldn't be, my son wouldn't be in this position of responsibility if he was not blessed with a keen brain, whether you straighten his path or strengthen his back. And I love that too. We trust you to provide for the needs of this young man. And I ask you in the powerful name of Christ, amen. My question to you is how have you managed to successfully and faithfully host the monthly prayer call for the past 16 years without missing a single call, I believe, since you began and to make time within your busy schedule to pray and help all the parents that, that come to you asking for prayer. And thank you for your faithfulness in doing this, by the way. Well, my answer is that it is a privilege. We've come to see it as an incredible privilege. And it's non-negotiable on our calendar. You know, we schedule things as best we can around it. And if there's a conflict, we make it work. Unless we're on a plane, which oftentimes one of us is or the other one is, <laughs> we cover for each other. One time I know we were in uh, Ireland and it was a, uh, six or seven hour time difference. So it was like one in the morning for us. We tried to, tried to make that happen as long as the sketchy internet stayed with us. Um, but it really comes down to it's a, um, it's a privilege. And the other part of it is, you know, when you think about the choice that your child's made to serve our country and how can we support that? You know, it's kind of the least we can do to set aside one hour once a month for one purpose. It's a small ask compared to what they do. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. And so it's really been pretty easy for us. Wouldn't you say, Robert? Yeah, I was going to use 
you picked the word privilege. I was going to use the word priority. We just made it a priority. And yes, there's been a couple of times when one of us was on a plane and we realized, okay, the other person is going to be available, period. And you know, we have a plan A, a plan B, plan C, and it gets done. We don't like to get down to the plan B, <laughs> but uh, you know we're talking about the power of the almighty God here, and we don't want to pass on the opportunity. As Kathy said, our kids are committing their lives to this. Wow. The least we can do is um, push a few schedule things around so that at least one of us, and probably 11 out of 12 times a year, it's both of us are there, and wow. it is a, a wonderful time. We, we do the hour, sometimes it leaks to an hour five or an hour 10. And I just finished thinking that was a wonderful, wonderful spent hour. Mm. So it's, it's, um, yeah, we're, you, we're you, so you, blessed. You, We've been so blessed by it. We mm. look forward to it. Yeah. We really look forward to it. We've touched on the faith part, obviously not touched, but this whole episode is about the, the faith part of our journey as USNA and Navy fleet parents, Marine Corps parents. And when new parents come in every year, I challenge fleet parents to my fleet summer challenge. And I have a blog post on my website on this. And I also discuss it in my book In our time during fleet summer and at USNA as parents is training for what's to come. And we've talked about this with Elaine there are several episodes that have touched upon this where our time at USNA is training us for fleet or Marine Corps parents for what is to come. And I ask parents to connect in five ways, to connect spiritually, to connect physically, to connect with others, to connect in service, um, and to connect creatively. So your prayer calm ministry fits into many of these categories, right? As you prayed for others and as you prayed for Bobby, how did the prayer calls and this prayer ministry help you survive deployments as fleet parents? Your son is in aviation, I believe. And we're talking about being in harm's way. I mean, he's on a plane. So how, how did- He's on a plane on a boat. <laughs> and on a boat, on a boat and on a plane. And as he says, you're in harm's way the minute you step on that, that flight deck. That's true. <laughs> Before you've even gotten in your plane. <laughs> Because there's so much happening. Planes landing, planes taking off. I was going to say it's all about courage. And when you start to utter the words, dear Lord, give my son courage to give my son um, focus. We talk about his focus to be able to apply all these trained so hard to do. And I realize in saying those words, I'm reaching out to the almighty God and I need to embody that so that if he is ever able to reach back out to us while he's deployed, he needs to hear the same confidence from us. Mm. That yes, we're holding on to the almighty God. You can too. Mm. Uh, our voices cannot waver because we are the ones, we're still his parents. And if we're asking him to remember to do his prayer time, his devotional time, he needs to hear the same confidence from us that, yes, we are good to go. We are good to serve. We're doing our part, diving in, spending prayer time on it, and he can do his part, but it, uh, it's the confidence that comes from us. We need to be good examples for him. Yeah, Robert brings up a really good yeah. point and also a really good distinction between moms and dads. The point Robert brings up about being your 
being the parent of someone who's chosen a particular path like this is that we cannot stand in the way of our child's destiny. Mm. Um, when Bobby first uh, applied to the academy and was accepted, I had a lot of friends say, well, how do you feel about that? And I said, my feelings irrelevant. Mm. My son is pursuing his destiny. And the only feeling I'm going to have is I'm going to support him. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important as parents to keep anything you're anxious about to yourself and not put that additional strain on your child who's facing these challenging hurdles to not only get through the academy, but then, you know, the the real measuring happens, you know, once you're out in the fleet and they need to be focused and they can't be worried that, you know, mom, dad is anxious, you know, and if you're a person of faith, be anxious for nothing and everything by prayer and supplication, bring your, make your request known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I mean, if we believe that, then that's what we have to keep living. Robert makes a really good point about that. But the other uh, distinction I want to point out is <laughs> dads always pray for courage <laughs> and focus. And the moms always pray for safety. <laughs> yeah, true. Physical, true. Spiritual, <laughs> emotional. And, and so. Um, and I think that's a gift uh, that your prayer calls actually give parents. And, you know, like when, when, uh, when plea parents are going through plea summer, they're waiting for their phone calls and we tell them, okay, nothing negative, nothing about, no, you're listening, you're, you're encouraging, you're uplifting. And so your prayer call group actually gives parents the opportunity to voice those doubts in a safe environment, because yes, there, there's confidentiality, but also in a, in an environment where there's an outlet for prayer and for the implementation in a sense of our faith. Um, And then when you go to your kids, at least for me, and I know for you, you, you all have mentioned that when I start my day in prayer, when I have had my quiet time with God, I have a clear mind and I'm I'm at peace. I'm much calmer. And it's so funny because I told my, I'm a teacher. So I told my students, you know, it's very important that you do your, I teach at a Christian school. So you do your devotionals every day and it's going to give you a focus and peace throughout your day. God will guide you. Did I do my devotionals every day? And then one day I walked in and I was all like harried and everything. It's like, uh, Mrs. Shine, did you forget to do your devotional this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I said, actually, I did. <laughs> and so from that point on, they always kept their eye on me. <laughs> like, okay, we know she did it. We know she didn't do it. Um, so <laughs> it does. It just changes your your perspective. And your prayer group, as I mentioned, is just the safe space to be able to do that. So that when you do go, as you mentioned, to your children, you're in peace and you're in, in confidence and you're a support. You're not dragging them down by having all these doubts. So thank you for for doing that. Thinking about your ministry for prayer and the monthly prayer calls, what is the most difficult part of your ministry? And then on the flip side, I think we've touched on these things, but if there's one or two things that you could say about being the most difficult and then the best. I'll start with the most difficult and it really isn't anything particularly difficult. Maybe it's someone coming on the prayer call and sharing prayer requests and, and 
amazing amounts of detail, you know, which, which is a, takes time that takes away from praying. When we first started the group, we put together a group agreement to try to just put a framework around what, what are we trying to accomplish? We're here for one purpose, you know, to honor God in heaven as we pray for our USNA mids and officers, the students, the faculty, uh, the leadership and our own and our own children. We're going to be in one accord, one accord praying. It's something the Holy Spirit does that when you agree to be in one accord, then um, you're all, you're all focused on that one thing. And we do it for one hour. We want to be respectful of people's time. But the other thing that's really important is that we, we're doing it with the anticipation God's going to answer prayer. God blesses people who show humility. And when you come before God, having praised him for who he is, having confessed who you are and cleared that slate, so to speak, through confession and thank God for all the ways that you feel that you know that you're currently blessed and you're finally asking God for a prayer request, that's a position of humility. And mm. so we come there in full anticipation that this, this prayer will be answered in God's perfect timing. So if someone comes on the call who's sort of doesn't have that mindset, they're used to or maybe they're thinking it's going to be more of a therapy session where I'm going to tell you all my problems and you're going to solve them all. You know, sometimes it's an adjustment for them to realize, no, 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 that's not what this is. This is a ministry where we pray for one purpose in one accord with full anticipation that God will answer these prayers in his perfect timing. So that's, that's sometimes a little bit awkward. Okay. What would you say is our favorite part, Robert? Well, favorite part is doing it. The Naval Academy parents, journey is a narrow journey. There's only a few people in that community across the country. You get it. It's great to chat with other people in that community. Uh, maybe people who live closer or are active in their Naval Academy parent um, city group get to talk to other parents more frequently. But once a month on the prayer group is when we interface with and we join together. We line up you know, shoulder to shoulder and we're praying. And I would say the hardest part is bringing it in for a landing after an hour, because there will be fathers like me that are bursting to tell other people about what their son has done. <laughs> and Kathy will remind everyone, Robert, that's a great example of how not to articulate your prayer request, <laughs> because that wasn't a prayer request. That was a story. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm subject to the same thing or it'll be someone who just wants to get a lot of emotions out. And yeah. again, that's not what we're there for. We are there to huddle up. We're there to pray, uh, to glorify God, to savor in his majesty and to uh, strengthen each other, to be a great courageous parents for our kids. Okay. Well said. Well, that's a good segue into my next question. <laughs> what advice uh, would you give to parents who are going through challenges with their mid office or officer right now? You know, I feel like um, besides praying, of course. <laughs> yeah, besides praying, um, you know, as you as a parent, your role sh shifts, obviously, um, and you are a steward, you know, of their them as children, and then there's a point. And with the Naval Academy, that point happens on I day, <laughs> very dramatically, where they are on this journey of maturity that's very, very steep, 
um, short period of time. They go from a gangly 18 year old to someone that you take notice of in, in a very short period of time. You know, it's like they grow up really quickly. It's not four years. It's, it's almost like, you know, a year. And you think to yourself, oh my gosh, how did that happen? And now what does that mean for me as a parent? Hmm. So um, I think Naval Academy parents have to, when you first go in, maybe be aware that that transition from 18 year old under your roof to a mature young adult is going to be a short period. And other parents have maybe the luxury of having it be a longer period of time. So it's a little more gradual adjustment, but I felt it was a very abrupt adjustment. You know, we haven't paid a dime for anything for Bobby since he was 18 years old, which mm -hmm. is <laughs> what's that about? <laughs> yeah. And um, the reason I was saying that was because at some point, other than praying for them and waiting to see if they ask for you, your advice, you know, you really are just there to support them and encourage them. And it's a different role. And mm -hmm. um, we're kind of firm believers that, you know, once once your child's an adult, you don't give unsolicited advice. You know, if they, they and both our kids know that if you want my advice, you're going to have, have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And you got to be satisfied with that. It's, it's kind of how we feel. That's good advice. And it's part of that kind of letting go. Uh, and I always say your your role at some point between when they go in on I day and they get to about halfway through the fall semester and youngster year, they've transitioned into this maturity, as you mentioned, that where parents have to really reassess their relationship with, with their child. And, and I, and I say they're, they're, you're, I'm no longer directive. I don't tell them what to do. I don't, like you said, get too deep into their, into their things unless I'm asked to do it. And when I give advice, it's giving advice. It's a suggestion. It's not a directive. And I very, mm -hmm. very quickly learned that I need to A, change my language, B, change my attitude and C, change my perspective uh, because they're adults. They're adults, just like I don't like my parents coming and telling me what to do. And at this point in my life, I I don't want to do that to my kids. So if your kid goes to a traditional college and they come home from freshman yeah. year, they're usually home for the summer, mm -hmm. you know, you're happy to have them back. Then they go away for their second year and then they're home maybe for most of the summer the next time. Right. And you get to slowly adapt to your new role, mm -hmm. whereas at the Naval Academy, it's a very quick, you have to adapt very quickly to your new role. And that's, that's, um, that wasn't always easy, you know? Yeah, very abruptly. And then you're totally out of the chain of command from the moment. They go <laughs> that's it. They say I do. You're out. Yeah, you're out. You don't know what's going on. It's yeah. So, um, <laughs> Are they home? Are they not? Block one, block zero. <laughs> um, so uh, for the parents that might be interested in joining your prayer call, when is the next call scheduled? And how can parents who are interested in joining your monthly prayer call get in touch? And I'm going to drop a link in the podcast description that you can click to, to sign up as well. But do you have a website or do you have like an Instagram account that parents can follow? Like how, how can they stay up to date? Really? The only way to, <laughs> the only way to stay up to date is to 
click that link that you're going to put in the show notes, which will take them to a sign up form for the email list that I, as I mentioned, will only use it to remind you about an upcoming um, prayer teleconference. And it's always been and um, always will be the third Sunday of the month at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and all the time zones in between. And if you sign up for the email list, you'll get that email two, three, four days before Sunday. And the Zoom link will be in there to just click on at the appropriate time in their time zone. Okay, perfect. Um, and then is if there's anything else you'd like to add at this point, otherwise no, I would be respectful of your time. If there's anyone who could be, who's a little more savvy with the whole social media thing, you know, we would, we would appreciate that help pretty much elected not to be involved with social media. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not that we're against it. We just have other ways we like to use our time. But if there is, was someone who was a little more savvy and could figure out how to spread the word, we would appreciate that. Um, as it stands, it's just been word of mouth. And the monthly post that I put on the listserv is really okay. all we've got going for us. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so much again, first of all, for, for your dedication and for your faithfulness in hosting the prayer call every third Sunday for the past 16 years. And also thank you for your time, for giving of your time, because I know you have a very busy, busy schedule to be here with us and tell us your story. And uh, well, I'm going to close a podcast with our Navy cheer. And so you know how it goes. I'm going to say go Navy. And I, I hope you remember what to say. <laughs> 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 All right. And and it's funny because I had the my podcast with Elaine and, and she said, wait, my parents were army and I have one kid who's army. You're really going to make me say, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> oh, here we go. Go Navy. Beat Beat army. Army. All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you so much.